There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Right now, though, uh, we're going to cross to India. Neha Punia is in New Delhi. And we're joined on the line by Neha Punia. Neha, good to have you on the programme. Thanks so much, Matthew. It's always good to be here. Neha, we're going to start with a story that's making headlines around the world, really. Pakistan goes to polls. We've seen more violence there, and there's also been a blast reported. That's right. With a bomb blast in the city of Petra, in which at least 31 people have died, and this is believed to be one of the worst attacks as far as polling day in Pakistan is concerned. And you're absolutely right. This is a day in which democracy should be celebrated. But in the current circumstances, there's a huge question mark in the manner in which elections in Pakistan are being conducted. Because a bomb blast in Quetta is not the only one we've seen today. There have been minor blasts and clashes between party workers in several other places. Two other people have died in those incidents. And currently, 102 million people are deciding who's going to lead the country for the next five years. And the choice, it seems, currently is between a former cricket star in Ran Khan and the party led by former Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif, who's watching the entire proceedings from jail. And it's not just the violence, but also other allegations that have marred Pakistan's elections up to this stage. It's got to the Human Rights Commission of Pakistan saying that there's been blatant attempts to manipulate the elections. Critics of Imran Khan accusing him of being confronted by the powerful military, which has ruled the country for almost 30 years as a part of 71 year old history. That's really the question. Who's going to come to power uh, when the results are out by later tonight, maybe tomorrow? And what kind of a democracy are we going to see in Pakistan for the next five years? And Neha, you've seen landslides triggered by heavy rainfall. It's claimed five lives near Rohingya refugee camps in Bangladesh. <laughs> in Bangladesh is very close to where most of the Rohingya refugees who have fled Myanmar are housed and that landslides were triggered by monsoon rains. You know, there's a huge concern that's been raised in rights organizations been warning off for a month leading up to the monsoons in the country. They've said that the people who are living in those refugee camps are the most vulnerable to any kind of natural disasters and we all know that floods in Bangladesh are routine in these months and we saw three days of heavy rainfall in the first half of and, you know, the refugee camp is one of the largest in the world, where more than half a million Rohingya refugees are living in makeshift camps. They're living in uh, homes made out of bamboo sticks and some on which is why landslides are easier to take place here. And the uh, government is saying they're doing the best they can. They're on alert, but of course, we'll only know what happens next when the rainfall continues to it has been over the last couple of weeks. And finally, Neha, there's been quite a lot of anger in India over photographs taken by uh, an Italian photographer. Tell us a bit more about that story. That's right, Natalie. I mean, we're speaking of this uh, award-winning uh, photographer, his name is Alessio Mamo. Uh, he's a freelance photographer, and uh, recently he posted a series of photographs on the Instagram account of the World Press Photo Organization. And um, it's the manner in which the photos were taken, which has uh, resulted in a barrage of criticism directed towards this photographer. You essentially had uh, him uh, going to two Indian states, Uttar Pradesh and Madhya Pradesh, which have uh, one of the highest rates of malnutrition in India. And once there, he got little children, malnourished children, to close their eyes and uh, pulled in front of a table that was laden with uh, fake food. And he told the kids that, uh, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and imagine what is the kind of food that you'd want to eat right now. And then that's the moment that he clicked the photograph. So a lot of people are calling this uh, exploitative, unethical, calling it uh, uh, you know, not in the best interest of the kind of message he was trying to portray. 
and got um, the photographer defending himself saying that all I was trying to show is that while, you know, Western countries are notorious for wasting food, here's a country, India, which has a huge problem of hunger. In fact, India was ranked 100 and listed 119 countries last year when it comes to the global hunger index. He's saying that's what I wanted to show. It wasn't uh, my intention uh, to exploit these uh, poor children. But the fact is that, uh, you know, many critics are saying that's exactly what he's done. He's uh, come to a, a poor country, come to poor areas. He's exploited uh, nine malish children to make a point and uh, possibly use it for commercial gain. But the rabbis were saying that uh, this is in fact, become a case of shoot the messenger and no one's really addressing the problem at hand, which is that India does have a massive hunger problem. Neha Punia, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Thanks so much, Matthew. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.